Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Shay Hall. I've been going to Save the Cowboy here for, oh, about 11 and a half years. I started at the back and kind of made my way up into the middle. The past couple of years, I've been sitting up on this front row and loving every bit of learning from Kevin and just everybody else here in this ministry that has made it so amazing. For those of you that do know me, you probably have the same question I do is, why is Shay up there today? <laughs> well, the short answer, Kevin asked me to. The long answer, hopefully I'll be able to answer that with the sermon today. Growing up, I grew up just south of here, had horses, loved the cowboy lifestyle, but that's not who I am. I'm an outdoorsman. That's where I find just my absolute passion is just being out in the mountains, fishing, hunting, just enjoying nature. And so that's where my story began with this. As a kid, I always had this interest to go up into the mountains and go do something primal, go do something manly, to go out and go hunting and just in pursuit of this big game, just do something incredible. But I never got to go. I, I begged my dad every single year. But it was always just kind of like an empty promise of going out and going and doing it. So finally, about five years ago, I started pushing myself to go out and go do it. I went out, got an antelope tag, drove around, found one, and I followed the laws. Nobody called CPW on me. I was driving around in my truck, found it, got out, hiked a little ways, shot the antelope, dressed it, threw it in the coolers, threw it in the back of the truck. That was the end of it. I had success. It was so satisfying for a moment. Easy things have never intrigued me. I always want to go do something hard. So then I started my pursuit for elk. And that's a whole other ball game. Just knowing right off the bat that 10% success rate for going out elk hunting, that kind of made me want to go do it. So I started preparing. I started watching all these videos, reading these books, going online, reading all these Facebook posts, forums, everything. I knew everything about elk hunting that I could possibly learn in a short little matter of time. And then my chance came, I drew a really good tag, drove up to the mountains, got my tent all set up right before opening morning. I was ready. I had already bought all this gear. I went broke doing this. I was going all in. But when you start buying a lot of quantity, you kind of sacrifice on quality, and I learned that real quick. That first night, I was sitting in a tent, freezing hot. I didn't know that that was possible. No one ever taught me how to sleep in a sleeping bag. I was wearing sweats and a hoodie, waking up every 10 minutes, knocking all the frost out of my beard, just miserable. But I persevered through it. I was like, I'm going to go. Wake up right before the sunrise. Sure enough, I'm up there, and I start up the mountain. And I am carrying this pack, which, by the way, I learned real quickly, when you're driving up for your first elk hunt, don't forget your pack at home and realize it halfway up there because it's just going to add a lot more time going back and getting it. So then I threw on this heavy pack full of everything I ever thought I would ever need. I had the kitchen sink in there. And I went up this mountain. And I was going to go do something hard, something exciting, something that I always wanted to do since I was a kid. And I hiked up about four miles. Sun was coming up. Well, sun had already been up a little bit. 
but I was enjoying my time out there. I was looking around, just watching nature come alive around me. And it was exciting. It was new. It was also really hard. I, I learned I was out of shape. So I kept on hiking, 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 nothing. Couldn't hear anything, couldn't see anything, couldn't do anything. I hunted harder than anybody else ever did for about six hours, and I gave up. I went back to the truck, drove around. It worked once before. Maybe I'll be successful again. In my preparation for this, it started leading me to think about the hunt for growth. What are the things that I needed to do to learn from these mistakes and move forward and find what I ultimately wanted. And I found this in James 1-2. If you want to follow along, I'll be in James the rest of this. James 1-2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Well, because I'm pretty new at this preaching stuff, I'm going to walk you through how I started this. And I broke it down Barney style. I got out my crayons and my construction paper, and I started taking notes. And so we're going to go a little bit slow on this first one. Brothers and sisters. That means all of us. Anybody that has given their life to Jesus Christ, anybody that wants to be a Christian, everybody in here from the beginning of time to the end of time, this is all for us. We are not alone in all this. We all have each other to be supportive. We're all a family. When troubles of any kind come your way. That first word is when, not if. We already know life is full of twists and turns. It's going to knock us down. It's going to be tough, and it's always going to happen. It's not something that's going to take us by surprise one morning to make this change, to use this new thing right in front of you that may scare you, may harm you. It could be from your own temptations, your own faults, your own sins. It could be a spiritual attack from the devil. It could just be somebody else was having a bad day and it had nothing to do with you. But when these tests come in front of you, all these troubles, it's your chance to make that decision for yourself. But be joyous in it. Be excited. Because that's the amazing thing about our God. He's not just the God of Here's a test. Okay, you failed. Here's a second chance. There are so many chances that you're going to be given each and every single day throughout the rest of your life. When I started looking at this first verse, I wanted to come up with something that was kind of a good little message as far as how to overcome failure. And you know what I came up with? It happened. We learn from our mistakes, and that's when we get the chance to make a decision, usually to work hard and move forward and get through those mistakes, through those failures. But the only way that we're going to be able to do that is with the help of Jesus Christ. He's going to take your hand. He's going to help you carry that load. He's going to help you keep moving forward. And that leads into my next part, perseverance. Perseverance, this starts in James 
because right after two comes three. I, numbers are really interesting things. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. These tests are always going to be here. It's going to be an ongoing battle. We already know this. So if we already know that these problems are going to come up in our life, why aren't we taking this time to prepare ourselves daily? We already know that we need to pray. We need to build that relationship with God. We need to read our Bibles, something I've been bad about. I'm the first to admit that. The amount of time I've wasted watching TV that I could have been reading the Bible, yeah, I probably would have read it cover to cover a hundred times by now, but I didn't. And that's a shortcoming on my end, and I need to learn from that. We also need to go out and go serve. As we started in James 1-2, it's brothers and sisters. It's all of us together. So we can go out and work with each other, teach each other, learn from each other. Just like in my hunting experiences, I alone could not just go out and go do what I wanted to do. I had to have the help from others. I mean, there's a great guy sitting up here on the front row that I aspire to be like him in the mountains. But unless I go talk to him and learn from him, that's not going to happen. We need to be around each other. We need to support each other and love each other and help each other grow. There's also this understanding that some of these spiritual attacks are going to happen, and it's nothing of our own fault, nothing of our own temptations. When you start serving God, the devil's not going to like that, and he's going to come after you. And for that, I'm just going to throw this out there. Start reading Ephesians chapter 6. It tells you about the whole armor of God, that protection against those dark forces fighting against you that are going to try to take you away from the only path that you need to be on. Just because you had failure doesn't mean that you need to give up. This is a good example of it, just me standing up here today. This is my third sermon that I have been able to preach. My first one was an opportunity back in July, and it was at the Long X Retreat. And I got to go stand up in front of about oh, 80, 90 people, and it was interesting. Because that was the first time that I ever got to go up there, not feel overly nervous. As Emily says, you know, nervous is just being excited. So I took that and I went up and I shared a testimony for these people. And everybody said that it was fantastic and it was great and they loved it. And I just had everybody coming up showing the support and I felt good. I was able to go out and go share Jesus's love for me to others. Then I got to go do my second one, and it was a Sunday evening sermon. And let me tell you, it was a train wreck. It was horrible. I never felt that embarrassed in my entire life. I stood up there, and I tried to make words fit. And I really quickly learned that when you're deciding on a sermon, you can't just take your life and add Jesus into it. You have to take Jesus and add your life into that. And that's what kind of motiv motivated me to come up here again today. I learned real quickly how to get humbled after having success the first time. 
especially that second time I got beat down hard. I, I literally walked up and put my life as this little baseball on this baseball tee and God just walked up and hit it right out of the park. And he's like, uh, uh-uh, don't do that. So Kevin, his advice was when I walk up here to do this today, make it a little bit harder, throw it as hard as I can, as fast as I can and try to make it something that's going to be hard to knock me down. But also, I need to remember, I need to keep my nose down when I win, keep my head up when I lose. I need to be humble. If you guys need something to, you know, go home and read on this growth, continue reading in James. Because self-confidence, it's in there. You need to have it, but you, got, you cannot have too much of it. You're going to get humbled real quick. I started learning in this, for, we, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. We need to put in constant work in our lives. We all know that we fall short. We need to keep working hard and persevering. There's a quote by Theodore Roosevelt that I absolutely love. Nothing in the world is worth having or worth doing unless it means effort, pain, difficulty. I have never in my life envied a human being who led an easy life. I have envied a great many who led difficult lives and led them well. I don't want to take that easy you know, way of doing things in my life. I don't want that little instant satisfaction of going out and going and doing something. I want to go do something hard. When I fail, like I have failed before, it motivates me to continue pushing forward, to continue wanting to do better, not for my own glory, but for the glory of the God that has given me the life that I have. I need to work hard. That's just my life. That's the cowboy lifestyle. That's the outdoorsman lifestyle. That's the lifestyle that I see of everybody in here. Keep pushing forward. So, after my first failure of an elk hunt, I started persevering. I buckled down hard. And instead of trying to learn everything on my own, I started asking everybody around me. And I asked for mentors and I asked for help. And I I went out and I started practicing even more. I started hiking. I started getting out in the woods. I started reading maps. And I felt prepared. And I drew another tag. But this time, it was really exciting. And my wife absolutely hates this because this was three weeks after we had just gotten married. And she hates that I say that my elk hunt was my honeymoon with her. (laughs) But it was COVID, so we put the real honeymoon aside. But I got to take my beautiful new bride up to the mountains and go do something that I love, take her on an adventure. But I wasn't going to make her sleep in a tent either. So we got a hotel room and we made it a little bit comfy. So that was my first little success. Number one is not freezing to death every single night and also waking up with an angry wife next to me. (laughs) Then we would get up early, we'd go drive out, and we'd go start hiking in these little areas that I had found, and we worked hard. I never worked that hard in my life. I had to show my new bride that I was the tip-top physical epitome of male perfection 
perfection in physique, even though I got this gut from nothing else. I was winded the entire time. I have never breathed that hard in my life. My heart was racing and it hurt, but I had to show her that I was tough. So we started hiking and we started going through all these meadows and walking through all this timber and it was beautiful. The success that I was looking for in this wasn't necessarily this elk. It was, it was looking for this adventure with my wife. Now, did I want that elk? Absolutely. That's what I was there for. So we continued pushing forward and we ended up on this really nasty north facing slope, blown down timber. It was dark. It was black. All of these trees were grown so close together. You could barely walk. You could barely see. You can answer that if you need to. No. Oh, oh, just Siri. Okay. Okay. So we kept pushing forward. We were going to go to where you're supposed to go find elk. And that's something that I learned. Elk are never where you want them to be or where they're supposed to be. Elk are just where they are. And we ended up finding ourselves in a bad situation. We were now on pretty much the side of a cliff. And the only way for us to go was back up. And I'm talking, it was steep. And all these trees had fallen down. There, some of them were above me and Jess, which isn't hard to do, we're not that tall. But we kept on moving forward and trying to climb over these and we are bare crawling up this mountain. And it hurt. And we finally got up and we're like, let's not do that again. But that was fun. We just did something hard and something dangerous and we found joy in it. We found that opportunity and we saw the joy. Well, sometimes after you work hard, it pays off. And we're walking along now that it's all nice and flat. And I see these two tines sticking up right behind this log. I'm like, here's my chance. So I get my rifle, have it ready, check it, keep that safety on just because I'm clumsy and I'm probably going to trip and fall. And I keep moving forward. And right over here, there's a big log and I keep moving up and I'm staying down. I'm like, I'm going to hit this bull bed. This is going to be the coolest, most exciting thing in my life. I start leaning up and over. I'm ready for it just to stand up. And it's a skeleton. A full skeleton of a bull. It was the coolest thing I had ever seen. Did you shoot it? Uh, I almost did. <laughs> and I look back at Jess, and she's a little bit behind me. And I just kind of wave, and I point. And she's looking, and she's like, what are you, what are you doing? Shoot I'm like, it's just a skeleton. And as soon as I said those words, that forest came alive. And right behind me, I heard trees crashing, everything falling down. It sounded like Sasquatch and his friends were running from the cops. I'm pretty sure the biggest bull that ever lived was in the other direction. And I never caught a glimpse. But I got to see the skeleton. It was something cool and exciting. Sure, I wasn't going to put meat in my freezer. But I got to see something amazing in nature I had never seen before. And sometimes those goals that we keep pushing forward to, they change. What I was going after was an elk, 
And I found something a little bit cooler. I got to see some beauty in God's nature in front of me. But most importantly, I was spending time with my wife, and that was the most important part of the entire adventure. Then I learned the key to perseverance. It's an uphill battle for all of us. But when you give your life to Jesus, his hands are going to help you continue moving forward. Which leads us into James 1.4. Prosperity. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I'm pretty new at all this preaching stuff. And so when I'm reading this, one thing that stuck out to me was, I will be perfect and complete needing nothing. I already know that I will never be perfect. There is only one person who is ever truly perfect, and that was Jesus Christ. And he gave your life, his life for yours. He sacrificed himself so that you will have eternal salvation. So if I will never get to be perfect, I'm okay with that because if I'm perfect and complete needing nothing, that would mean that I don't need Jesus. And I do not want that life. I had that life before. And I chose to follow Jesus with my heart, my soul, and my mind. And I have everything I need. I can't imagine a life where I don't need him. That's kind of a hard thing with being a new preacher and, you know, practicing and learning and reading the Bible is that sometimes things don't make that much sense. But there's tools out there. And that's something that I absolutely love is that our preacher, Kevin, he paraphrased the New Testament and made it easy to understand. That's a gift that I absolutely admire of Kevin's is being able to take something so complex and make it easy for all of us to get. So in the Simplified Cowboy Version, James 1.4 reads, and if you keep on keeping on, you'll make a top hand yet. There won't be nothing you won't be able to tackle or ride. Then it made sense. These problems in front of us, these mountains that are just taking us down, these moments in life where we're just walking along with Jesus and we're doing just fine and life grabs us by the throat and drives us into the ground and humbles us beyond anything that we would ever comprehend. Those are the times that we know that Jesus is right there with us. In those times, Jesus will take us by the hand and we will step over these mountains of problems that are now turned into molehills and just trees on the ground. Doesn't mean we won't trip, but it means that he's going to make it a lot easier for us to get through those difficult times. One thing I learned with this, too, is this isn't necessarily this race to a finish line. We're all going to put in the hard work. We're all going to have these failures. And then we're all going to find ourselves with some prosperity. But it's an everyday event. We're going to wake up tomorrow. We're going to have something new come up. We're going to have to look at it, evaluate it, put in some work, 
and ultimately keep Jesus right there with us to get through it. I said success a few times earlier today, but I labeled this last one prosperity. And I was trying to understand why, and I was just praying on it and praying on it, and I practiced this sermon, I don't even know, 100, 200 times it seemed like. But something I learned real quick is every time that you practice it, it's going to be different. And you're going to have some words that you like, or maybe you're going to say some things that you don't. And honestly, this is nothing like I've practiced before. But one thing that came to realization with me is that difference in success and prosperity. I wanted success in my elk hunts. I wanted success in different events growing up. But now I strive for prosperity. And the easiest way for me to explain how I came to this difference is success is like being a little kid. And you're sitting at a restaurant with your family and you remember right by the door when you walked in, there was this gumball machine. And you start asking your parents, hey, can I have some quarters? I, I, I want a gumball. So they give you a handful of quarters and you go over there and all you really want is this blue gumball. And so you put in the quarter and you turn it, you open up the lid and you're like blue, 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 blue. It's red. Okay. I'm going to put in another quarter, put it in, you turn it, blue, 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 and it's green. Kind of disappointing, kind of upset. So then you put it in your last quarter, you turn it, and you open it up, and it's blue, and you're happy, you're satisfied, you're excited. You had success in getting that little blue gumball. Prosperity, on the other hand. When I think of prosperity, I think of those people that have put in years of work to go become doctors and nurses, paramedics, firefighters, law enforcement, the ones that go out and go serve every single day. They've put in the work and they keep on going out and using their time, their talents, their treasures to go help others. When you go out and you go serve and you go help somebody else and you succeed, to make somebody's life different, you'll find prosperity. See, success will only satisfy you, but prosperity will provide for you. Jesus will provide for you too. Jesus is the only way that you're going to find that prosperity. This life is something beautiful, and it's a gift that's been given to us. But it's also this interesting adventure up and down a road, and we're going to have obstacles that come our way. We're going to have those failures in our own life that we're going to have to learn to overcome. Then we're also going to learn how to work hard and keep moving forward so that we can make those changes that we needed to see. When we get to the end of this road, we're going to find prosperity and salvation with Jesus. You're going to have to care for your life. You're going to have to tend to it. You're going to have to help it grow. You're going to have to help your faith and your patience and your love and your mercy continue growing for Jesus. When I read Kevin's translation in James 1.4, and it said, and if you keep on keeping on, that immediately made me think of another quote. And this guy is a true philosopher. But you've got to keep going. 
I won't quit. That's not an option. You got to keep on keeping on. Life's a garden. Dig it and make it work for you. You never give up, man. That's my philosophy. That was Joe Dirt. <laughs> Just a simple man that all of a sudden unlocked this huge secret to life. It's precious. You got to take care of it. You got to help it grow. And the only way that you're going to have to, or going to be able to let it grow is to go through your failures, learn from them, persevere, put in that work, put in that effort, and keep moving forward. And all the time doing that with Jesus Christ to help you find prosperity. You see, I still haven't gotten to where I wanted to be in my life yet. But I'm working hard every single day. And here in a few weeks, I got to draw another elk tag. I'm going to go up and see if the hard work that I've put in lately is going to help me out with filling the freezer so that I can make meals, have conversations with friends, and just finally get that little glimpse of being an elk hunter that I've always wanted to be. But today, I also got a chance and an opportunity to keep pushing forward. I got to deliver my third sermon, and to be honest with you, I, I don't know how I did. Come up and tell me afterwards, too, because it's with your guys' support and your guys' love and your guys' criticism that I'm going to continue to be able to grow and move forward in this. I can't do this on my own, and I can't just go watch the video back later. But my chances are always coming up. These opportunities are still coming up. And it's up to me to be joyous when they arise, face them head on, persevere, and continue my path towards Jesus. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord, I thank you so much for today and just this group that's sitting right here with me. They're not in front of me. They're before me. God, I am just coming to you as a servant, just trying to share your message. I just pray that you help us all grow to be closer to you. I pray that you help us feel your love in our failures. I pray that you help us with the strength to persevere, to continue to become who we are meant to be for you. Lord, I pray that you help us find our prosperity in you and you alone because you're the one that gave your life for us so that we can be there with you. Lord, I just pray a special blessing on those that are sick and hurting and going through these hard times and these failures. I may not have reached everybody here today, but I pray that there's someone out there that I helped to get through this hard time that they're going through, just to find your love and your grace and your mercy. Lord, I also pray a special blessing for Kevin and his family right now down in Texas. And I pray that you just help them have safe travels coming home and help that they have comfort and peace with their family and their memorial service for Jerry. God, we love you. We can't do anything without you. But God, let us be the ones that will do everything in your name. And it's in your